Isaiah Thomas says that if he played in this era, he'd be as good or better than Steph Curry. Draymond talks about leadership, but remember that conversation he and Durant had on the sidelines their last season together? Let's go. It seems like the last dance has this domino effect on players from the present and the past. You've got Draymond Green talking about how disappointed he was and how Michael Jordan handled the Scottie Pippen contract situation. And if Draymond were correct, I'd agree with him. But it wasn't like Mike was against Scottie. What Mike was pointing out that was clear, Scottie was trying to start a dialogue or a negotiation trying to use leverage in a situation where the two guys he was trying to negotiate with, they weren't interested in negotiating. They weren't going to negotiate. Scotty holding out, demanding a trade, delaying his surgery, it did not impact upper management. Jerry Krause was trying to break the Bulls up. He was trying to move on from them. More importantly, to the point, he thought Scotty Pippen was just about washed. And what he wasn't going to do was sign him to a long-term contract. So I thought Michael Jordan used common sense in trying to communicate to Scotty, you holding out is not going to change the situation. They're not giving you a new deal. They're not budging. And they didn't budge. But if you want an example of having your teammates back, feel me on this. The Jerry Reinsorf, Jerry Krause, Upper management of the Bulls, they were planning on trading Scottie Pippen to the the Raptors for Tracy McGrady. And Jordan shut that down. That's having your teammates back. And sure, Jordan thinks about winning at all costs. He knows Scottie was ready-made, already an established star, and he still could play at a high level. So, of course, Scottie could still help him win titles. Jordan was not about to start fresh with a young Tracy McGrady and wait for him to develop because he didn't have that kind of time. Still, in the big picture, he had Pippen's back. You want to know how the last dance has affected players from the past. In an interview with Chris Broussard, Isaiah Thomas said that if he played in this era, his numbers would be as good or better than Steph Curry's. And the reason why he said that Chris Broussard had picked Steph Curry over Isaiah Thomas in terms of where they rank all time. And Isaiah was actually upset with Chris Broussard. So that's why he pointed out, he said, hold on, wait a minute. If you look at the way the game has been changed, how the game is called, how the game is spaced right now, I would put up the same kind of numbers if I had that kind of freedom. Isaiah actually went on to say that, If you were going to ask me what player in the NBA my game resembles, he said my game is very much like Kyrie Irvin's, and he said he would put up similar numbers to Kyrie Irvin's in terms of scoring. Guess what, Isaiah? I agree with you 100%. In this current NBA, the way it's played, the way it's called, more importantly, it is set up for perimeter players who have handles, who have the ability to break people down off the dribble to excel. James Harden, not an athletic freak, but clever, smart, 
can draw fouls at the three-point line, can draw fouls getting downhill into the paint. James Harden shoots 11 free throws a game. Trey Young, small guard, shoots nine free throws a game. Damian Lillard shoots eight free throws a game. You're seeing a pattern. Giannis, as gifted as he is, does not have a consistent jump shot, does not have consistent range from three, shoots 30% from three. But he gets to the foul line 10 times per game. Because of the way the game is called, guys are generating offense by getting to the line, by shooting the mid-range. Russell Westbrook, not a great shooter. Love Russ. And if you want to talk about today's current athletes, especially NBA players, you can make the case that Russell Westbrook, he might be the greatest athlete. I'm just talking about from a pure athletic standpoint that ever played in the NBA. I would say it's, it would be somewhere between he and prime Derrick Rose, Jordan, and maybe you throw in Vince Carter. But I, my point is, when they say that today's NBA players are more athletic, are they? They're, if you say on average there are more athletic players, I'm with you. But if you talk about the guys that actually control the league, the all-stars, the superstars, the best players in the league, Kawhi Leonard is a terrific athlete. But he's not more athletic than Michael Jordan or Scottie Pippen. Damian Lillard, sneaky hops, but he's 6'2 guard. Not more athletic. Trey Young, same thing. Bradley Bill, same thing. James Harden, he'll bang on you from time to time. But no one's going to tell you, including James Harden, that he is more athletic than Michael Jordan. The argument that Isaiah made that I found interesting was he claimed he would be better in today's game, which I agreed with. But then he said, how great is Jordan? Is Because Jordan really only excelled because he played in an era where there weren't a lot of a lot of guys that were athletic. What Isaiah said was if you drop LeBron James and Kevin Durant into the 80s, into the 90s, he shrugged his shoulders and said, then who would be the GOAT? I don't like to narrow the GOAT conversation down to LeBron and Michael Jordan because I think it's disrespectful to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Six-time champion, six-time regular season MVP, two-time finals MVP, probably probably will be the last finals MVP that is a finals MVP at age 38. I think it's disrespectful to Magic Johnson, my favorite player of all time, even though I'm not really feeling him on the social media, but I love Magic as a player. I think... Guys like Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, Doc, you have to hold them in reverence. They're iconic. But I won't put them in that debate. I think I think what they did stands out, stands on its own. But because most of what Russell did wasn't in really in the modern era, I, I'm not going to get him caught up in that 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 debate. But I absolutely respect the fact that at the time he was winning titles, in the town that he was winning titles in, that says all you need to know about that man who was an 11-time NBA champion. But back to that debate. I think it's crazy to say that you can just drop them into the 80s and 90s. It isn't that LeBron isn't great. And that I don't think he wouldn't put up numbers. He would. But now you're dropping him into the era where hand-checking was a regular thing. We're getting knocked to the ground. Uh, getting fouled uh, in a way that that today would get you thrown out of a game, that was normal. 
And sure, LeBron would still be one of the top players in basketball, but would he be as dominant as he is today? I actually disagree with Isaiah. I it'd be interesting to see what Isaiah or what what LeBron James would be able to do versus the bad boy Pistons. It would be interesting to see what Kevin Kevin Durant could do versus Pat Riley's Heat or Pat Riley's Knicks. My point is, as gifted as Kevin Durant is, KD struggles with physical contact, physical play in this era that he plays in now. People forget, I've seen P.J. Tucker, who's a very good defender, but not an all-time great defender, more than hold his own on Durant. A couple of years back, when they played the Warriors, P.J. Tucker held Kevin Durant to 43% shooting from the field for the entire series. And that wasn't a one-off. He's done that against him consistently. Kevin Durant struggles against physical play in whatever they allow in this era. So you're telling me, as gifted as KD is, you're sending him back to the 90s where Dennis Rodman or Scottie Pippen or Michael Jordan, even though he's taller than them, two of those guys, Rodman and Pippen, are physically bigger and stronger than he is. I've seen Patrick Beverly push KD out of the post. Now, in the end, KD got aggressive, turned it on, and just kept shooting jump shots over Beverly. But the guys I'm talking about, they're 6'6 six, six and up with incredible leaping ability and long arms. And you're giving them the ability to hand check. What is KD going to do when Rick Mahorn and Bill Lambert make a KD sandwich? And when Rick Mahorn gets in his face, or when Charles Oakley smacks him in warmups, my point is this. 90s basketball, it wasn't just about physicality. It was about attacking you mentally. As gifted as Kevin Durant is, most fans, even fans of his, have to admit, if he's got a real chink in his armor, he's a little mentally soft. You think a couple of hard fouls, getting slammed to the ground a couple of times, won't get to him? Because I think it would. And I think once that happened, it would be a wrap. Katie's an all-time great player. LeBron's a Mount Rushmore player. But for for Isaiah to just candidly say, drop them in, and they will put up incredible numbers, as if to say, Michael Jordan's not that great. When in the same conversation, you just pointed out how much better you would be in today's league. And I agree with you. So if you're that much better in today's league, where you can spread the floor out, space somebody, go one-on-one, get downhill and attack somebody, If you're that much better, what do you think Michael Jordan would do? And I'm not even talking about Michael Jordan at age 25. You could take Michael Jordan at age 32, and he would still be one of the more athletic players in the current game. And while he wouldn't be that that high flyer that he was in the first three-peat run, what would he do to your small forward or your two-guard when he put them in the post and wore them out? In this era, if you try to hand check him or body him up, it's an and one and he's going to the foul line. In this current NBA, where they shoot free throws for getting stared at hard, Michael Jordan's going to shoot 12 to 15 free throws a game. Never mind the three-point shot. Let's just assume that he's going to still shoot his career 32% from three. So he'll never be great from three, but he wouldn't need to be. I'm looking at what Russell Westbrook has done, who's never been a great three-point shooter. But ever since the Rockets got rid of Capella, spread the floor, Russell Westbrook not only excelled, 
he's been the Rockets' best player. 6'4 guard, averaging 28 points a game, 8 rebounds, 8 assists, shooting 47% from the field. I saw him big boy, bully ball, Rudy Gobert. He's 6'4 because he got caught on a switch. That's another thing about this era. The teams that try to play with bigs, those get those bigs get put in space and they get destroyed. You don't think Michael Jordan would make, create that mismatch and blow by somebody like Gobert or bang on him? I don't want to get into this. Well, if you say Jordan would be great in this area, you're saying no. No, this isn't about that these guys aren't great in the current NBA. But the way the game is played, the 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 fact that they don't allow for any contact. The fact that if a guy turns around, you get you turned sideways and you barely touch him, or when the offensive player creates the contact, they still get the call? Love Isaiah Thomas. But Zeke, if you're a monster in this era, Michael Jordan's a monster 10 times over. Remember what I said about domino effect. So there was an interview between Kevin Durant and Jay Will. And in the interview, Kevin Durant basically said that if Michael Jordan can play in today's game with today's rules, that he would dominate in this era still, that Michael Jordan's numbers would go up in the current NBA. To that, Jay Will then sparked a debate on first take. And Jay Will's thinking was, grudgingly, he said, yes, Jordan's the GOAT, but I'm not so sure he would put up the numbers that most people think he would put up in this era because today's guys are more athletic and they're longer. And so for that reason, Jordan might struggle. Now, of course, Max Kellerman went way far to the right with the Shannon Sharp thinking with LeBron, where basically Max Kellerman says Mike could do no wrong. He would score 45 a game, probably shoot 30 something percent, a high percentage from three and so on and so on. You know where Max is on Jordan. He goes a little too far. Stephen A. drifted into a conversation about Connie Hawkins, Dr. J, and David Thompson. I'm not even sure he was on the same subject they were on. But the big picture, J. Will's wrong. This idea about length, what length? That's a myth. Take the top 10 scores in today's NBA. Four of them are 6'4 and under. Kyrie Irving's not long. Russell Westbrook is the biggest of the four that I'm talking about. He's 6'4. Freakish athlete. Damian Lillard, incredible. Sneaky hops. But he's a little man, as is Trey Young. Bradley Bill is not an athletic freak. He's the number two scorer in the league. So I'm not sure where Jay Will is coming from especially from a skill standpoint. Look, Michael Jordan, he doesn't have to shoot 38% from three. Not not in this NBA. Russ is showing you that. Giannis is showing you that. We've already had that conversation. Look, to a lesser degree, Ben Simmons is showing you that. He doesn't take threes. He doesn't even take long twos. And Ben Simmons still averages around 18 points a game without the ability to shoot. And you don't think Michael Jordan... Coming into this era, not 28-year-old Michael Jordan, but just 32-year-old Michael Jordan, knowing full well that you can go 1-4, space the floor, or you can go pick and roll, create the mismatch, and it's just you and somebody else because the floor is so well-spaced. 
Michael Jordan is shooting 12 to 15 free throws a game. In this current NBA, he's going to shoot over 50% easy. He might still be a below average three-point shooter, and it won't stop him from leading this current league in scoring. Here's the thing that I say that Max won't bring up, but then for once, Max didn't go over the, uh, over the top on this subject. I actually think because the way guys dominate the ball, like Harden, like Giannis, like Luka, like Westbrook, like Kawhi to a degree, and like LeBron, guys dribble the ball out. They dribble the air out the ball, and they hold on to the ball, and they control everything by being ball dominant. If Michael Jordan is not playing in the triangle and he's free to just sit there and dribble the air out the ball and attack you, not only does his scoring go up, his other numbers go up. So the five and a half assist, that's probably going to be around seven or eight. The rebounds, that's going to go up too. That's just a given in this era with all the missed threes. I'm not a Jordan writer, but if you're going to make a case that he wouldn't be impactful, that he wouldn't be great in this current NBA, J. Will, or Isaiah Thomas, which Isaiah says there's no animosity between he and Jordan, but if you listen to him talk, there's a little animosity, and there should be. He's, he's not your biggest fan. You're not his biggest fan, and you have to be upset about the Dream Team situation, and I get that. Plus, those wars between the Bulls and Pistons, that wasn't just about basketball. That got physical. That got personal. And that kind of stuff lingers over time. I think Bill Lambert was voicing his honest opinion. Bill Lambert earlier a week ago said that he thinks LeBron is the greatest player of all time. I believe that was Bill Lambert's honest opinion. But I also believe if LeBron James didn't exist, he would name somebody else as the greatest player of all time. It would be anybody but Michael Jordan. I just think that's how deep. That's how deep those 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 rivalries run between the Pistons and the Bulls. If you've ever heard Isaiah Thomas talk on NBA TV, clearly he's still upset about the past. Not the biggest Scottie Pippen fan. I heard Isaiah say in an interview, he, they were doing a roundtable. He, Ernie, Shaq, Steve Smith, Reggie. Anybody that saw that episode, if you haven't seen it, Google it. Go to YouTube and check it out. But Isaiah goes out and says, I can understand Michael Jordan saying something. He's Michael Jordan. But Scottie Pippen, that guy, him, not him. That's how little respect he had for Scottie. And I'm going to say this because it should be, it, it might be brought up in the last dance. It, it really did. They didn't really cover it in the first two episodes. Scottie developed gradually and became a true superstar with the Bulls. But when he became an all-star, he was still someone who was mentally weak. He was still someone you could intimidate. And the Pistons did that. The Knicks did that. Anybody that saw those wars, anybody that famously saw that series where X-Men got in Scotty's face, was trying to punk him, basically, and was succeeding, and Mike got in X's face. And you can read Mike's lips. That's having your teammates back. But that's also another form of leadership. Mike helped Scotty toughen up. By Scotty toughening up, that made Scotty ready to take that next step to become a superstar. When Michael Jordan stepped away from basketball, Scotty Pippen was ready to be the man. And the Bulls had a great season. They won 55 games. 
they went to the second round of the playoffs and lost in seven games to the Knicks. And I know a lot of people kind of, they misremember this because a lot of people think they were one, one bad play away from going to the finals. No, they were one bad play away or one bad call, I should say, away from going to the conference finals where they would have had to play the Pacers, Reggie Miller's Pacers. So if you're going to bring that up, get it right. Anyway, I was going to save this topic for when we did our Q&A because I've already got a ton of stuff in my inbox on the Q&A. And I love it that people agree to disagree. It makes for a good show and a good conversation. But if you don't remember, I'm looking for everybody's top five starting five all time. It could be it, it could be Fat Lever. It could be Derek Harper, Rolando Blackman, and Elijah Wan. Or David Robinson. Maybe you're a Grant Hill fan. Or Penny Hardaway in his prime. Just give me your top five. Put together your favorite five that you want to put out on the floor. And we'll go from there. It's the Cypher. Hit me back next time. 